composition and drawing from photographs an excerpt from sketching and rendering in pencil by arthur l guptill nineteen twenty two this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org as the word composition means the putting together of things and the arranging of them in order so as to make one unit out of them all it is evident that we must first have good things to put together if the final composition is to be good this means that in starting work we should use extreme care in the selection of our subject not only as a whole but in each of its parts students more especially the beginners seem to be of the opinion that any object found in nature is a satisfactory subject to draw and they are led into this belief perhaps by hearing statements to the effect that all nature is beautiful it is not for us to deny this but it should be made clear that good pictures are not to be obtained ready-made by simply copying bits of nature at random amateur photographers are well acquainted with the fact that a successful photograph is not often secured by simply pointing the camera in any direction and making an exposure it is necessary to give some thought to the selection and composition of the subject experienced artists often do produce good drawings by recomposing poor material but the student will avoid difficulties if he chooses either something which is well composed in itself or which can be made so with few changes we have previously spoken of the advantage of using a viewfinder when selecting compositions and wish to call attention again to its value of the several types in general use one which we have already described as consisting simply of a rectangular opening two inches or so in length cut in a piece of heavy paper or cardboard is especially helpful when working directly from nature by holding it in an upright position and looking through it at the objects beyond it is very easy to select interesting subjects and to determine too how large an area or how much of an object or objects it is best to show to give the finest composition again it has another use for if the student is in doubt as to just what slope should be given to a roof line or slanting tree trunk a comparison of these inclined lines in the objects with the vertical or horizontal lines of the opening of the finder will be of great assistance in determining the correct slope or angle the finder will help the student also to judge correctly the values of light and dark as seen in nature for each tone of the objects can be compared in turn with the value of the cardboard itself the other commonly used finder or frame consists of two l-shaped pieces of paper or card which will give when lapped as shown at one figure twenty four an endless variety of shapes and sizes 
and it is for this reason much better than the other finder when working from photographs as soon as a pleasing composition has been selected this frame can be clipped or pinned in position on the photograph and left in place until the drawing is finished it thus serves to hide those parts which have no relation to the sketch and permits the eye to rest on the selected composition without distraction some art students carry a viewfinder of the kind first described with them constantly and gain a great deal of pleasure and useful knowledge of composition by studying different objects through its opening in making one cut several spaces through your card instead of one if you prefer of various shapes and sizes they need not be large as the card can be held near the eye in fact two or three small openings or a single large one can be made in a finder of postal card size sometimes threads are fastened across the openings from side to side and from top to bottom in such a way as to divide them into a number of small rectangles or squares those who have preference for this finder feel that it lessens the difficulty of laying out correct proportions when drawing from nature just as in copying a photograph or enlarging a sketch the work is simplified when the print or sketch is marked off into squares or rectangles several excellent compositions can often be found for the same object or objects when viewed from one point by showing more or less of the surroundings just as a number of satisfactory photographs can be secured naturally too an infinite variety of compositions of any architectural object can be discovered by studying it from various positions and under different lighting conditions when working from the photograph several excellent sketches can sometimes be made from different portions of one print especially if the picture is a street scene or a general view similar to that of the y bridge and cathedral published below on this page it is easy to frame a number of attractive compositions on this photograph and it would be to the student's advantage to do so figure twenty five shows three sketches made from this very picture it will be noticed that no attempt has been made to slavishly copy the values and details exactly as they appear on the print for it is seldom wise to do this but the general effect is indicated in a broad simple way there is perhaps no better manner of learning composition than by making such selections with the finder and also such sketches as we have shown here for this reason the following exercises are offered to fix in the memory the ideas which we are considering first of all obtain several photographs such as street scenes or general views each showing a number of objects which might make pleasing sketches and with the finder frame on one of your prints some selection which seems to compose well remembering that each composition should have a center of interest remember too that there should always be a pleasing relation between the shape of the picture space or margin line and the subject itself if for example a very tall building such as a skyscraper or church spire has been chosen 
it is as a rule best to draw it on paper placed vertically or to frame it in a vertical picture space whereas a long horizontal building or mass of buildings can usually be represented to the best advantage when enclosed in a horizontal manner this has been illustrated in figure twenty four the english cottage shown at one at the top of the sheet seemed when viewed in connection with the nearby trees to demand a horizontal treatment while the church tower at two suggested at once a vertical handling a group of buildings such as that shown at three usually calls for a horizontal space but if the horizontal masses are more prominent than the vertical the fact must be recognized and expressed thus the church at four is given a long low frame but if its tower alone was to be shown the contrary treatment would be more appropriate as a general rule it is well not to use circular or oval or triangular frames or margin lines on architectural drawings as such shapes often have little or no relation to the form of the architecture itself a square shape might be well related in this respect and therefore might sometimes do but from an artistic standpoint a square is usually less interesting than any other rectangle it is even true that certain rectangles are more pleasing than others one with a length just twice its width is not as desirable for instance as another which is one and one-half times as long as it is wide while even this proportion is less subtle and hence less satisfying to the eye than one about three parts wide and five long while discussing margin lines it might be well to mention that the line itself should never be so black as to draw the eye away from the subject the width and tone of line should vary in different drawings so as to always be in harmony with the sketch again attention should be called to the fact that sketches in some cases are carried way to the margin lines while in others they are allowed to fade gradually into the paper or vignetted as it is called in either of these cases if the exterior of a building is being drawn it will be found that the margin lines need not be far from the building itself with the exception perhaps of the line at the top as all spaces will appear much greater after they are rendered than before for such surroundings as are generally used add a sense of distance if too much space is left in such drawings the landscape and accessories may easily become too prominent in relation to the architecture when a selection has been decided upon and framed to a good proportion fasten the finder to the photograph and then on very thin tracing paper with a soft pencil make a simple tracing not in outline alone but in values trying to give the effect of the whole in a direct and simple manner with sufficient accent at the center of interest do not spend more than five minutes on the sketch and then frame the same object in a slightly different way and make a second tracing compare the two if one is better than the other why is it because you have shown more foreground or sky 
or because the frame has been kept of a size or shape better suited to the leading objects ask yourself such questions and then make perhaps a third and even a fourth sketch comparing them all with care and if one seems better than the others make a larger and more carefully finished drawing using this last sketch as the basis of your composition next try to find some entirely different composition in the same photograph using a new subject and make another series of quick sketches or tracings and again compare them and analyze each trying always to learn by this comparison why one composition is good and another not select a different photograph and repeat the process or if you feel that you have the ability to work in a similar way from nature do so choosing a comparatively simple subject so that each sketch can be done in a few minutes one will encounter more difficulty when working from nature for whereas on the photographs the forms and values remain constant in nature the values are always changing and the forms more difficult to represent we have previously had occasion to mention that subjects which are full of interest and good in composition during some hours are entirely different under changed lighting conditions and buildings which appear to good advantage at certain times of day are much less pleasing at others this is largely because the areas of shade and shadow are never the same for long part of the time they nicely balance one another so that the lights and darks are well related at other times too much light or too much dark appears at one side or above or below thus destroying the restful effect at some hours too there may be patches of shade or shadow so odd in shape as to prove distracting it is therefore well to do your sketching during favorable moments if this is possible returning if necessary to the same subject at the same hour during a number of days in succession until the study is completed if a subject which is otherwise good in composition exhibits a few unpleasant features either in nature or in the photograph it is perfectly legitimate to take certain liberties with them if by so doing the drawing can be improved without sacrificing the truth of the main idea should a tree for example seem a bit too small in relation to a building or too light or dark in value or should some shadow be too dense and black or form a displeasing mass it is permissible to make such changes as seem necessary to improve the composition providing the final result represents a condition which might be possible under slightly different circumstances without the breaking of any of nature's laws in landscape painting and decorative drawing more such liberties are taken however than are permissible in most architectural sketching or rendering for architecture must as a rule be truthfully portrayed the changes to better the composition being made for the most part in foliage shadows and the like to illustrate this matter of changes we have shown in figure twenty five sketch two the dark boat 
in exactly the same position as on the photograph this spacing is not wholly satisfactory as the boat seems isolated in the centre of the sheet attracting by its placement more than its proper share of attention in such a case as this it would be better to improve the composition by moving the boat to the right or the left or it might be tied into the scheme by the addition of extra lines or tones amendments like this are always advisable and it is also wise to omit from a sketch such objects as have little or no relation to the subject itself and which for this reason detract from the main idea which the drawing is intended to express this means that we must observe the principle of unity which requires that a composition must be a homogeneous whole all its parts related and so thoroughly merged and blended together that they become a single unit in order to secure unity in a drawing only as much of the material before us is selected as relates directly to the subject of the sketch separate your subject from everything else that is visible and think of it as a single harmonious whole this rule applies whether your subject be an entire building or some portion such as a dormer window or some still smaller detail a door knocker for example once you have determined which of the ideas are to be rejected as irrelevant you must decide on the relative importance of those which have been accepted as essential for unity in a drawing depends not only on the selection or rejection of material but on its emphasis or subordination as well for unless each detail is given just the amount of attention that is proportionate to its importance the composition will not count as a complete and satisfactory unit failure to give sufficient emphasis or accent to the leading parts of a drawing causes a loss of force to the entire composition and in the same way neglect to properly subordinate the unimportant parts leads to confusion and complication to further illustrate this principle of unity let us consider some simple objects found in everyday use an ink bottle a turnip and a vase of roses might be arranged into a pleasing composition so far as variety of form and size and value are concerned but unity would always be lacking in such a group for these objects are not sufficiently well related by use to ever become a satisfying single whole it would be equally difficult to compose a coal scuttle a hairbrush and a cut glass pitcher but a comparatively simple matter to form an excellent composition of a loaf of bread partly sliced with knife plate etc or of a garden trowel flower pot and package of seeds fortunately nearly all objects of an architectural nature are so closely related that little difficulty is experienced in finding things which go well together so the delineator of architecture has much less trouble in this respect than does the painter of still life 
unity in architectural work is often injured however because certain accessories are too important in relation to the architecture itself it is not inappropriate to show an automobile at the curb before a colonial doorway but if it is indicated so large in size or made so conspicuous in any manner that it detracts from the doorway it then prevents a perfect unity in the sketch it is mainly for this reason that in rendering architectural drawings such accessories are often left in what sometimes seems to the beginner an unfinished state trees are shown in a conventional and inconspicuous manner clouds are often either omitted or only lightly indicated and shadows are simplified this brings us to a discussion of the principle of balance which is so closely related to the principle of unity as to be really a part of it in fact without balance there can be no unity for by balance we mean as the name implies the equilibrium or restfulness that results from having all parts of a composition so arranged that each receives just its correct share of attention every part of a picture has a certain attractive force which acts upon the eye and in proportion to its own power to attract it detracts from every other part if we find our interest in a drawing divided between several parts if certain tones or lines seem too insistent or prominent we know that the composition is lacking in balance and likewise lacking in unity as well it is impossible to give concise and definite rules for obtaining balance in drawings mainly for the reason that the attractive force of each portion of a drawing depends on an infinite number of circumstances which are variable a short straight line drawn near the center of a clean sheet of paper has a power to catch and hold the eye let the figure six or some other curved line be drawn near the straight one and even though they are of equal size the curved line will prove the more powerful attraction of the two in the same way a star-shaped form or a triangle has more strength to attract than a square or rectangle of like area this power depends not entirely on shape however but on the value of light and dark as well draw two squares on paper side by side the one dark and the other light and if the paper is white the dark square will exert the strongest force but if the paper is black the white square will jump into prominence again the attractive power of an object varies in proportion to its proximity to other objects if for example a man is shown at small scale in a standing or sitting position near the center of the sheet he will receive considerable attention if by himself but if surrounded by other objects he will seem much less noticeable then too a moving object or one which suggests motion will be more prominent than a similar object in repose let a man be shown running 
and he is seen far more quickly than if he is at rest objects near the edges of the sheet or in the corners usually arrest the eye more quickly too than they would if near the middle of the paper these examples are sufficient to show the difficulty of attempting to give definite directions for obtaining good balance the best suggestion we can offer is that the student make first of all as soon as a drawing has been blocked out in its main proportions a preliminary sketch such as we have described a painter is able to make many corrections in his work as he progresses until excellent balance in every part is gained but in pencil sketching where the nature of the medium and the limitation of time demand that the work be done very directly and with few changes it is difficult to make well-balanced drawings unless the artist or student has had considerable practice or unless preliminary studies are made almost invariably such studies save time and give results in the end that more than justify the labor spent on their preparation then by way of additional precaution as the final sketch progresses set it away from you at intervals or turn it upside down or on end or even reflect it in a mirror so as to see it in a reversed or changed position when so viewed the balance should still be good and if not the necessary adjustments should be made if some part seems too prominent either tone it down or accent other parts until balance is restored end of composition and drawing from photographs an excerpt from sketching and rendering in pencil by arthur l guptill nineteen twenty two read for librivox by sue anderson